The host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast. Uh, let's welcome Belinda. This is going to be a great episode today. Um, here's how I like to do it. I like my guests to introduce themselves, like who they are, what they do, and, and let the audience know exactly who you are. Well, gosh, what do I do? I'm Belinda Farrell, and I'd like to know that I spread happiness wherever I go, too. I'm very much into creating joy in people's lives and letting them let go of fear because that's always the stumbling block. And I'm just happy to be here. I wrote a book called Find Your Friggin' Joy. So that- <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, I know, I, I kind of get a chuckle every time I hear it too. But it was again, divinely orchestrated through myself. And I hope to impart some of the teachings that I learned how I healed myself and still keep healing through all these next years of the next chapter of our lives. Awesome. Oh, um, I love that title. That's awesome. <laughs> Find your friggin' joy. <laughs> I got upset at this uh, facilitator that was helping me with my dolphin seminars in Hawaii. She never really smiled. She never really was joyful. And she was making all these comments about a turtle that seemed like it was in trouble against the rocks. And I just looked at her and I said, Would you just find your friggin' joy. And she burst out laughing for the first time in all the months that I had known her. And I always remembered that. So if that could make her laugh, then it'll probably make other people laugh too and not take themselves so seriously. Well, talk about like a title that'll capture your attention real quick. I'm sure even if you're strolling really quick through some titles, you'd see that and go, you can't help but smile and, and maybe right. chuckle. Um, so tell the audience, like, how, how did, like, what started you on this, on your journey to writing this book called Find Your Friggin' Joy? <laughs> well, I got a divorce at 40 and I felt like I was afraid of everything. I was just full of fear. So what do I do? I sign up for a Tony Robbins firewalk. And I thought, okay, if I can walk on fire, then maybe I can let go of some of these other fears that I have. So it's been a collection, um, a journey, let's say, of you know, starting with the firewalk. And then I all of a sudden decided, well, if I can walk on fire, I'd like to know how to drive a race car. 
So then I went to a racetrack and learned how to drive a race car. And then I was hired to drive for Buick and Cadillac. And I had a career for almost eight years as a professional stunt car driver. And that you'd think she's not fearful of anything, but I was so scared of water. And I go to Hawaii to learn how to be a master hypnotherapist and I have to be surrounded by water. And I had to let go of that fear of the water and the dolphins taught me how to do that. It's really been quite a progression. And then my son passed away from an overdose of uh, drugs because he was in such horrible back pain. He had seen me heal myself doing the ancient Hawaiian healing that's in the book, but he was not willing to go inside and do the deep emotional healing that's required to really do the healing. So his death was uh, a grief that you just never can overcome. It comes in waves. Yeah, I feel your pain. And the reason I say that, because I I lost my brother to addiction, he committed suicide and watching my mom, you know, when that happened, literally die of a broken heart because she months before he passed away, my sister had passed. So she lost two children in less than a year. Yes. It is. And no one knows until you're like yourself, a mother and and me watching my mother and, you know, being his brother, it's just something that you don't, you know, like some people say, move on. That's something you don't move on from, but you move, you know, you learn how to deal with it and you have your moment. Like you said, I still five years later have my moments around all of that, you know? And, um, but you know, like you said, I think it was, your book was divinely, divinely inspired. Right. Because, right. You know, through your tragedy, tragedy, losing your son, you still pushed yourself to do that inner work and find your your joy and and to be happy in this world. And what better thing to do with than with dolphins? How cool is oh. it? You know, I mean, they just seem to be some of the coolest mammals on this planet. So, can you tell the audience a little bit more about that? Well, I I was just completely not into the ocean at all, but I learned how to do some higher self breathing. And I would take these deep breaths and bring it up to my head and come back down. And when I did that for about 10 minutes one day, all these dolphins and whales started pouring into my mind. And I'm just like looking at all these ocean creatures and wondering, what are you doing with me? (laughs) And then they invaded my dreams that night. They started teaching me how to swim. And I was an effortless swimmer and I, I couldn't swim worth a darn. You know, in my life, I was afraid of the water, even a swimming pool. Like we had a pool and I would always hold my kids coats and tell them to go in the water and I'll watch. Hmm. But this was this was so different when the dolphins were teaching me how to swim and I just knew how to do everything. So when I woke up the next day, it was like, I need to meet these dolphins, but I have to go in the water, but I have to meet the dolphins. So my desire... (laughs) (laughs) to get into the the water to meet them surpassed my fear of the ocean. And as soon as I did, they came to me, this one bottlenose dolphin, just almost like hypnotizing me, just looking in my eyes, downloading information. I came out of that water just wailing and crying, deep, deep sounds that I had never heard before, clearing 
probably massive amounts of karma that I had used in in past lives. Mm -hmm. And then I started swimming with dolphins and it's been 25 years. Last year was the first year I didn't go because of the pandemic because right. I always swim with them in Hawaii. Wow. Even though I'm, I see them out here, it's too cold. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's too cold here. It's been cold here. I'm like, I was like, I went on my morning walk the other day. It was like 47 and I'm from oh, California. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not used to this. I was, I'm shivering, but I go, I got, I'll just keep moving faster. Maybe I'll get warm. <laughs> but, what a, but what a way, um, what an awesome way to one, overcome your fear of swimming and two, to help you with your loss, you know, or anything, yeah. you know, I mean, that's nature. Like to me, when that dolphin, like, I don't know what your belief is, but to me, that sounded like that was God looking you in the eye going, oh, yes, it's going to be okay, Belinda. You're oh, gonna... yes. You know, I mean, they're, they're all about unconditional love. When you swim with dolphins and they come to you, they, they want to swim with you. You, you fall in love with anyone who is around you. So it's very dangerous. You know, you could fall in love with somebody who's already got a husband, you know, got a <laughs> fly. <laughs> but you're connected by this experience of just this sentient being that has come to be with you. And you'll, oh, they're amazing. Just, yeah. just amazing. It sounds like it. I'm going to have to go to Hawaii now and swim yes. with because the last time I went, I was 18 years old. So I wasn't swimming, uh -oh. I was surfing, but I was at a whole different time in my life. But, um, you know, they, they protect you too. That's mm. what I, I, you know, well, at least the documentaries I've seen when it comes to dolphins, like I've heard of stories where, you know, someone's out there in the middle of the ocean or whatever, they've fallen out of a boat or whatever, they'll surround them and right. try to save them. You know, well, I, I was playing with them the leaf game, which is like a you know, throwing a, a ball to a dog. You throw the leaf and see who gets it first. So I was doing the leaf game and one dolphin came and bumped me on the arm. And I looked straight ahead and I had a shark coming right at me. And I didn't even have a moment to think because the dolphins had surrounded me and the shark had to go down below. And it was like, all of a sudden I had this feeling, poor shark, he has nobody to play with. He's out there all by himself. Right. And, and here we are, we've got all our pod around us. But that was an amazing experience because they just knew right away to protect me. And that's amazing. Tell me a, a little more about how the process, I mean, about your book coming about, but how, how, do, how was the process of writing your book? Oh, gosh. Well, I had not only lost my son, but I'd also gotten involved in a Ponzi scheme. So all my money was gone. And I had a month to sell whatever I could sell. And um, it was just like the rug had been swept out from underneath me. My daughter took me in. And I, I guess I guess I felt like I got saved by my grandson because I had to take over taking care of him to pay for my rent there. And he was only barely two years old, but he saved me because the joy you get from children, it just surpasses everything. You had to be there for him. Yeah. And I had to just feel like I was cutting cords, which is the main, um, the main idea in Hawaiian healing is to cut away from the way you're looking at something. And I knew I had to stay healthy for my daughter 
for my grandson. So I had to just put my best foot forward, cut my cords and keep going. And then by some miracle, money was returned back to me about six months, seven months later from another source. And I started to learn how to do reconnective healing with Eric Pearl. And then I left my daughter's house and I started doing that. And it was like a whole new chapter began. And once I had done my reconnection, which is an acceleration of taking you from a lower density to a higher density with what you're doing in your life, I started listening to messages coming in and these messages said, you're going to write a book. And before when that came in, I'd say, oh, go peddle your paper to somewhere else. I, I just didn't have the discipline to sit and write a book. I wanted to go out and play. But this time they said, you're going to write a book and we'll help you. And I went, okay. And as soon as I decided and I said, okay, my manager, Jennifer, the one you deal with, her fiance, Jim, was someone who would uh, organize me. And so for three years, he would be in my nagger. (laughs) I want this chapter. I want that chapter. I want you to explain this. And we started writing the book. And then it got finished um, 12-21-12. It was the day the earth was supposed to be the end of the world, according to some people. Right, the end of the world. <laughs> My uh, book went live. <laughs> that's awesome to hear. I know. I, I um Similar stories, because the deaths of my family members are... I had started... So I've been clean and sober for almost 18 years now, right? So like, oh, long congratulations. Time. Thank you. I wanted to write a book, right? So, but I'm the great procrastinator. So years ago, probably <laughs> eight, 10 years ago, uh, one of, actually my, the friend I was speaking to you about his business partner, partner and best friend, which is also a good friend of mine, sat with me and said, let's, let's bust out your, at least get, let's get your outline going so you can start writing. Right. So mm-hmm. I did that with him. And then I'd always have excuses why, I <laughs> this and, you know, why. And like I said, eight to eight or so years went down the road. And then I lost my, my sister, my brother. And it's when I lost my brother, I reached out to the, my friend, his name is Chris. And I said, I got to write this book. Yeah. He said, okay, let's do it. And then the gentleman I was telling you about, he's been my, he was the biggest buck here. Like you said, like, how Jennifer's husband or fiance, yeah. this gentleman was the same. He would kick me in the butt. What are you doing? Like, what chapter are you on? About, you know, he would keep pushing me in. And two years ago, you know, I was able to get my book out, which is, but it was for me, I wrote it. I, and it sounds like you too. A lot of it is like, it was healing for us to get this stuff out. Oh, yeah. paper, you know what I mean? Definitely. But you wanted, I wanted to teach you know, how I healed my back, how it's possible that if you take, you know, your own steps in healing, you have to be the one to initiate it. You can't pass it over. You have to be at cause and not at effect. See, a lot of people will say, I blame you, I blame you, I blame you. And so they never take any personal responsibility. Right. And so with Huna, you t- have to take responsibility. If you created it, then you can uncreate it. 
Right. So, so that makes sense. That's like my yeah. addiction, right? I created it. Now I have to uncreate it. <laughs> right. So that's what the book is for. I say it's not for sissies because you have to be the initiator. You have to be the one to do the healing. When my back collapsed, I couldn't do the stunt driving anymore because I couldn't stand. I couldn't sit. I couldn't walk. And my insurance company dropped me. So I had no insurance. So when the doctor said, okay, you're not going to be able to walk again unless you have surgery, it was like, duh, I guess I've got to heal myself. And right. I've got to see if all of this um, Huna healing stuff really works because I was doing it for other people. But now, physician, heal thyself. And that's what I had to do. It was experimental, but it worked. I got a brand new spine and I outline it completely in the book if I can do it you can do it that's funny that you say that because I'm going through some spinal issues myself so I'm reading your book <laughs> and reading it because um you know I was the worst student back in high school you know I just was not in the school and then I mm -hmm. went back to college later and then I did okay you know I carried like a 3.8 3.9 grade well 3.7 grade point average for me <laughs> It's like a 4.0, but yeah, right. I really still was never into reading until recently when I did this challenge, right? Uh, it's called 75 hard. It's like a mental toughness. It's got uh, an exercise or fitness component to it, a diet. You can't drink alcohol. You have to drink a water in a day. But one of the things that you have to complete every day is 10 pages of reading, which is nonfiction, personal development. Mm -hmm. You know, so anything oh, that help you grow as a human being. Well, after I started this, I've read five books already. I'm on my sixth book because now I'm hooked oh. on reading and trying to learn. So I'm definitely um, going to get your book because I want to read that because I'm having spinal issues and I'm doing a lot of prayer meditation. Right. I'm going to the doctor next week. You know, luckily for me, I'm a disabled vet and the, uh, the VA is helping me. But it's at a point where if I don't do something about it, it's just going to get, I, I, the doctors have told me too, like one day you're going to wake up and you're not going to be able to walk if you don't take care of this. So think about what you say to yourself. That's one of the most important things I learned from Tony Robbins was we had a transformational vocabulary. If you catch yourself saying things to yourself, your body is listening and it's doing exactly what you're telling it. What I was telling it was that I can't be supported gosh, I can't be supported. Nobody will support me. I have to do this all by myself. And so when you're telling that, your spine is listening because that's your support system. Okay. So if you're telling it that you can't be supported, then guess what? It will stop supporting you and collapse. Right. So, so I you've got to change that vocabulary and just say, thank you. Touch your back. Thank you for remembering to support me. Thank you for regenerating. That's the key word, regenerating. And you just must say it like a mantra. Thank you that I am regenerating. And go stand it, you know, in front of a tree because the tree is symbolic of your spine. And just see how much your spine is supporting you. Okay. That's, that's some great advice. You're right because we, at least what I've learned in some of the readings and studying I've done is that we become the words that we tell ourselves. Totally. Right. If we say we can't, we're right. We can't. Right. Right. And, uh, and Tony says, if you can't, you must. Right. You yeah. must, you will. 
exactly so we have to s- switch how we speak to ourselves and i'm in that process right and learning all mm-hmm. this but um so glad i have to get on you on the got you on the show today because this is some really interesting stuff um because i was actually reading and this is funny how this is coming up for me belinda yeah i was i'm actually listening to a book i don't know if you've heard of dr joe dispenza um, yeah, I think I have. He wrote a book called Be- uh, Normal People Becoming Superhuman, something to that effect. I can't remember it offhand. Mm. It talks about that, how in his meditation, when you're talking to yourself, you, you have to talk to yourself like, you know what I mean? As you're doing this meditation, you're imagining that your spine's like this lady, for instance, her spine was regenerating and that it was becoming healthy because she was on the verge of having major back surgery. And she said, you know, she went to one of his things, his uh, seminars and practiced this meditation he teaches. And she, by the time she was done, the pain had gone away and she was learning how to take care of herself and speak to herself differently and had, and was able to cancel that surgery and has not had to have a surgery since. Your conscious mind talks to the unconscious mind. The conscious mind is what has your free will. So you can decide whether you want, you know, some good information or some yucky information. It's all up to you because nobody can interfere with your free will. Right. But if it says, you know, I'm regenerating and I feel like I'm climbing trees again, I, that's what I did. I could see myself climbing trees. You can't just say the words. You have to have the feeling that it's already happened. And see yourself doing the things that you would do if you had a strong back. Right. And, then, and the unconscious gets really excited because it's like two years old. And then it sends that message up to your higher self, which brings it down into your physical body. But that's- then the, the pipeline has to be clear. So that's where you have to clear all the thoughts from the past, the mm. negative thoughts that prevent that from happening. I'm definitely be getting your book after this. <laughs> I am definitely. Um, and we'll get into how I can get that later. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. You know what I mean? Like there's, I believe in no coincidence, coincidences mm-hmm. and you're here for a reason. So I really am grateful and appreciate that you came to do this show today. Me too. Um, so in my book, which is called like a fearless happiness. And you see, I put the why <laughs> or the why instead of the I. I know. I like that. (laughs) And um, there's a reason for it, but we'll start with fearless. So, you know, you've kind of explained how fearless has shown up in your life so far. Like give the the audience, like what does fearless mean to you and how does that show up for you every day? Well, you know, I was afraid of the ocean. And then when I started to realize, look at the word, the letters F-E-A-R. So that is false evidence that appears real. It's an illusion. It's totally an illusion. So I remember when I got into the ocean for the first time and I was starting to swim out and it was murky and I thought, oh God, there's going to be something coming towards me. (laughs) But I know this is false evidence that appears real. And I just kept moving and stroking and I got to where I needed to go and I was fine. And once you break through that, you realize that you're in charge. And then the fear becomes feeling excited and ready. Right. F-E-A-R. So instead of false evidence that appears real, you're feeling excited and ready. Boom. There you go. So that's what it is to me today. Um, I am 
I can't say I'm, you know, I don't want to skydive. That doesn't appeal to me, but I'm not afraid. Yeah, I, that was one of the ways I overcame my fear of heights. I went twice. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I did the extreme. I, That's just kind of my personality. I go, well, I'm going to go at 13. I go, well, if I did 13, my friend had found a place here in California. Matter of fact, up by Santa Barbara. Um, that goes and takes you up at 18,000 feet. Oh, good. Yum. So, yeah, we both. <laughs> Are you air sign? What's your birthday? I'm a Pisces. I just had my 53rd birthday uh, last Friday. Okay. So you're water. I'm water. You're water. So I would think if you flew out of an airplane, you'd be more inclined to be air. But maybe you have a lot of air in your chart. I could. Like to be up in the air. <laughs> I did, you know, just like you dare me and I'm going to go, okay, I'm just dumb enough. Yeah, that's go, right. Okay. But you know, it was, it was a great experience and, you know, I got to go with a friend who also is no longer here with me, but he's six foot. It was funny to see the guy that he had to jump with, you know, his partner, the, oh, wow. the professional, when they saw me come out of the thing they're like, oh, okay. And then they saw my friend behind me who's six foot six, you know? <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> and I remember looking <laughs> at his guy, looking up at him like, oh my gosh. But, you know, wow. that was kind of for him and I are both ways of overcoming our fear of heights. And um, was so it- now you're not afraid of heights anymore. Oh, no, no. I can climb up on the roof. I can climb a tree. You know, no problem now. It, it, it's helped me overcome. That's great. Some and, and a while. Well, that's another story. But um, there was another way I overcame that fear is when I went through the fire academy a long time ago. I was trying to become a fireman. Fireman. And um what they did was they took a 35 foot ladder, fully extended it and put ropes on top for two, uh, four ropes and four guys would hold it straight up. So you had to climb up all the way to the top, put your foot in, lock in and lean back and trust. Yeah. So that was the way they taught us to overcome a fear of height. Oh my gosh. So yeah. you know, well, we all have t- our ways and it's, you know, some, it, I loved how different, but, the same a lot of us you know and i like the way you said fear you know what is it again feeling false false evidence that appears real or feeling excited and ready that's what i like feeling excited and ready that's (laughs) that's we had to climb we had to climb telephone poles when we went to certification with tony robbins there were 50 foot telephone poles and we had to get up to the top and stand on the top while the pole was bending every which way in the wind and then jump to catch a trapeze that was that was you know we're supposed to catch it from the other side that was crazy I didn't I didn't get the trapeze so then I bungeed me down to the bottom <laughs> oh wow but you did the firewalk and there's a lot of people that wouldn't do a firewalk I got it that's try. right 18 of them 18 of them that's that's just amazing. In my in my book, my eyes, that is amazing. 18 of them. Well, you see, all you are is earth, air, fire, and water. That's what we are, a combination of all that. So if you become one with the fire part of you, and you breathe and you breathe the fire element in you, you become one with the fire so you don't burn. Oh, well, that makes sense to me. <laughs> That makes sense to me. Well, I mean, I've seen them do it on TV and stuff like that. So let me ask you then then to the next question, which, as you know, I said, I put the why in there. There was a reason for it. You know, I still to this day, even two years after I wrote the book and many, you spelt it wrong. I said, there's a reason. So knowing that I put the why in happiness, 
What is that? What does happiness mean to you? Knowing that the oh gosh, well for me, happiness is being in the present time, where I have cut my cords and I'm not bothered by any of the judgments and all the gobbledygook that that came to me from the past. I'm here now, like a child. Child from zero to seven is pure happiness because they're in the present. Right. They don't think about the past or the future, and that's the unconscious mind. So that, to me, is when I'm the most happy, when I've cut my cords and I'm here in the now with you. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> and, it's, you know, and that's sad that that happens, if you think about it, like from zero to seven, because we haven't been corrupted by like the media right. or other people or, or you know, whatever happens in someone's life. And could you imagine though, if we, but you can, right. Create that again. It's all like you said, what you tell ourselves, what we, what our yeah. conscious brain tells our unconscious brain and it's just rewiring. So I've been in that process for at least the last good two years, you know, I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I've been grateful um, for my sobriety and, and the things that have happened, even the struggles, you know, but I've learned to switch that yeah. instead of that it happened to me life happens for me. So I've, I've learned oh, changing those scripts a little bit, you know, but it takes practice. Um, but I remember when I first got sober, it was like, Oh, the most, I told myself the most negative things like, <laughs> why, if God loved me so much, then why did he put me in jail? A nice guy like me, or why did he take my, you know, I would just say, I'll have these conversations with myself and yeah. thank God I had a mentor who would help me flip that script eventually. And, now, now I look at life like I get to do this podcast. I get to have Belinda here, who's an amazing <laughs> author who swims with dolphins, you know, <laughs> and I have to look at stuff like that. And like even the challenges when I went through the deaths of my in the last five years, yeah. family members, you know, my my sister, my brother, my mother. Two years ago, we lost my granddaughter at three months oh. and a day old. Oh. And then a week later, my son almost passed away of a massive stroke at 30 years old. Oh my gosh. You know, but what I've learned is to go through Ooh. those things. But even through those tragedies, I get to look at it as the stuff I get to go through and I got to be there for my family. Where in the past, I would have disappeared and they would have been, where's Max at? Right. You know? So, you know, like having having you as a guest, like I, I don't take this stuff for granted because I've been having some amazing guests come on my show and share some of their story. And like yours is no exception. It's amazing. I mean, <laughs> heal your back, you know, after, you know, losing your insurance and all that stuff and, and teaching. Uh, I'm going to highly recommend to our audience, you know, when, when we're done here and I'll have Belinda at, uh, let you guys know where you can get her book, how you can get a hold of her if, if stuff, you know, um, if you need to and, and want to know more about Belinda, because happiness, that's an inside job. That's why, I, why there, right? Because it starts with me. Mm -hmm. uh, like I was talking to a guest. I said, the reason I put a why in there is I go, my wife can't make me happy. My children can't make me happy. Well, I always say, but my grandchildren can because yeah, they can. <laughs> But, but anything outside of me does not really make me happy, right? It has to come from ins inside first. And, and, and that's like you said, being, trying to be in the moment the best you can, because I don't know if you've heard of that book, The Power Now. I, I can't, oh, of course. Yeah. You know how he talks about like, so 
our happiness, like two seconds, it's already in the past. So we're not really in the present. It's just those, it's that moment. Well, it's, it, it's, un, it's conditional because, you know, we get a present, we're happy, we buy a new car, we're happy. But it's the pure joy from nothing, from just waking up and saying, wow, I get to breathe another, another day today. That's the real happiness. I remember Tony said once he was in a room full of CEOs that were millionaires and they, would, they should have, for, for the most part, be happier than anybody because they had anything they wanted. And he said, how many of you feel like you're really happy? And three people raised their hand and one guy in the back was like, me, 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 pick me, pick me. And he said, why are you happy? And he said, every day above ground is a great day. He had been to Vietnam and he had seen his friends come back in body bags. So for him, every day above ground was a great day. Absolutely. And man, I can relate to that so much, whether it's what yeah. you've been through, or in my case, nine years of really bad active addiction, where there's probably times I should not be sitting here talking to you. Um, and that's what I used to share in, in a meeting is like, you know, or, and I'd heard my friend who um, he has, a, he's got like 25 years now, but he's a one of my friends and mentors, he'd always talk about every day above ground and not locked up is a great day. Yeah, there it is. And that, you know, that resonated with me because technically I shouldn't be here. You know, some of the cases. Yeah. But, you but, have a purpose. Yeah, I, you know, and I believe we all have a purpose and we have to lurk, uh, look and search for it. But um, yeah, you're right. It's happiness is, is just being in that moment and enjoying, like we had our grandkids over yesterday, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I turned my, uh, garage into a gym. So my two grandsons are one, one are on each, I have elliptical. So they were, one was on one of the foot, but the other was on the other. And, they were <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like that, I was, just, they were just having such a good time. And, and then you got my little granddaughter who's just like, she's the queen of the roost, you know, at least she loves to tell you she is, but that's pure joy. Like you said, that's yeah. where I find my friggin' joy um, is moments like that. And just, you know, and moments like this, having a, an awesome guest like yourself, Belinda, share your oh, story and you. where you've been. And, and that's what this whole podcast is about is to show people out there that people have gone through struggles, had challenges in their lives, no matter how little, how serious and overcome it and come out through the other side. And, and it sounded like me, this is like one of the mantras I do is no stopping, no quitting. Right. Cause that's right. when you stop and you quit on yourself, that's when you're not going to find that joy. That's correct. Do you remember uh, Don Miguel Ruiz who wrote mm-hmm. the four agreements? A great book. Well, I love that book. That death is not the biggest fear. What we fear most is the risk of being alive and expressing who we are. So we've got to really take that challenge and step forward and do what we were brought here to do, what fulfills our soul. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, Again, I appreciate you coming on the show. Any last thoughts? Well, if someone wants to call, I do sessions on the phone. So I will take people through the forgiveness process and help them to cut the cords and help them to feel lighter because in cutting cords, you're cutting away from your judgments 
to the story that you've been holding on to that doesn't serve you anymore. It's like carrying along a sack of dead potatoes. You just, you just want to start over again. Some right. people are addicted to their story and that's fine, but they can, they can keep it if they want to, but if they want to move on to a higher level, got to learn how to cut cords, how to disengage from that, which doesn't serve you anymore. Awesome. And that's what I help people do. Cool. And I think I have that in your bio and stuff like that, that you sent. I'll make sure that's yeah. in the links too when I get this episode up. Also, let them know where they can get your book. Well, Amazon, again, is probably the biggest one. And Barnes and & Noble and my website, okay. Huna Healing, H-U-N-A Healing, H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. <laughs> awesome. Oh, thank you so much for coming on my show, Belinda. I, I really oh. appreciate it. This has been an awesome episode. You've warmed my heart today. <laughs> you taught me something a little bit different. I learn something new every time I have a new guest on. So I appreciate Oh, that's great. It. And I definitely will be reaching out to you because I may need to use some of that forgiveness. Okay. So well, it would be my honor to assist. All right. I appreciate you. I thank you so much for coming on. And um, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Mahalo. Mahalo. Mahalo.